Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, it's good to see everyone's, as, as everyone says, smiling faces. Or at least I hope you're smiling. You should be laughing with me because I've been laughing at myself all day and stressing out over, over these silly little USBs that's supposed to carry our information from one computer to the next. It, it was very stressful. I called Monty. I was like, Monty, I got a problem. I'm like, I can't. I, I tried to put it over onto my USB, and, and now several slides are missing, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I still got all of them on my phone. I don't know how to get them over here to this. And he's like, well, send it to me, and I send it, and it fails, and I send it again, and it fails, and I call Ian, and I'm like, Ian, send it to Monty. I'm like, let me try restarting my phone, and, and it was really stressful. And so by the time I got to church, I was just all like, okay, okay. And then I get up here, and I'm like, okay, Justin, here I am. Let's, let's get this going, right? And then I try to open it up, and the whole computer starts to crash. And I'm like, all right, I'm not touching it. Justin, help me. <laughs> and so with that being said, I'm finally here. <laughs> I don't want to touch the computer, but if I do, I got it on my phone, so no one worry. I'll send it to you. <laughs> we want to talk about what we've been continuing in this series of studies. The title I was given is, You Are Sanctified. And as we think about this sanctification, how are we sanctified? Well, it's through Christ that we're sanctified but there's very specific things we have to do in order to become sanctified in Christ. And as we've already studied, and to steal Nathan's PowerPoint to recap a little bit from last week, the whole putting on and putting off of our old man, our old man of sin, and putting on that new man which is created in Christ Jesus. That's what we want to do. And so as we recapped what had taken place, you had this great commission that had begun to, to be preached. Jesus came to his disciples and he told them, I want you to go out into all the world and I want you to preach and teach in my name. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name to him that would hear and believe and be obedient to this message. Those that would hear it, believe it, be baptized in my name would be saved and his disciples would go throughout the entire world preaching this gospel, this good news message, this saving faith, if you will, those who would hear this word, who would believe it and would be obedient to it, would be saved. It wasn't simply hearing this message preached would save you. It's what you do with this message once you've heard it. You know, if you look closely in all those accounts of the great, uh, of the conversions in, in Acts and throughout Acts, you would see that not everyone was obedient to this message that was being preached. There were some who would gather up to the disciples and they would tell them, don't go anywhere preaching in this name, this name of Jesus. 
don't preach it. And they said, we can't but help but preach what we have seen and what we have heard. And they went everywhere preaching this message. And those who would gladly receive that word, that obedient faith, that's what saved them. That doctrine of baptism, which Monty covered, was very specific in its, in its requirements about the immersion into water because of your being immersed in it, crucified with Christ, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life, having your sins washed away in that watery grave of baptism. That old man then being put off and now coming up the other side of baptism, being raised to walk in newness of life, putting on that new man. Salvation was in Christ. There was no other way for man to be saved. No other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. That was on Christ. There was no salvation throughout the Old Testament but rather until Jesus came and he established that. And because that he established this New Testament, this new covenant, he has the authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28 that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Power was given to Jesus. The very first gospel message that was preached You had Peter standing up and preaching this gospel message. And around verse 36 and 37, he said, That same Jesus whom you crucified has now been made both Lord and Christ. Jesus had that power, that authority. He was made both Lord and Christ. And he is Lord of us all. He's Lord in our life. He's our master. He's the one that we look to for guidance, for help, for assurity. His words are what guide us in the ways that we should go. But it takes commitment. We're committed to him, committed to his cause, committed to his word, to follow after that word. And as Nathan's subject was, we put off that old man of sin and we put on that new man of righteousness, made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, committed now to Christ and walking after his steps that he would guide us. <clears throat> Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 21, he says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in, your, in the spirit of your mind, that you put on that new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The idea of Putting off this old man and putting on the new man is a clear sign to everyone that you're changed, that you're a new creature in Christ. I remember Marlon Cole, several years ago, I heard him preaching this message, uh, sort of on the same subject of conversion. And he talked about this man that he had converted up in the north over around Washington or Oregon, somewhere right in that area. 
and he converted this man. He was baptized, and of course, as it is, Marlon leaves, and he goes about, and about a year later, Marlon comes back, and he comes to this man, and he says, so how has being a Christian treated you this last year? And he said, it was great. I don't think anyone noticed. But you know, the truth is people should notice when we're changed. When we've given our life to Christ, people should notice this. This should be a, a uh, glowing beam of light, of hope, of encouragement to everyone who's around us. If we were a thief, we're no longer a thief. We're a drunkard. We're no longer a drunkard. Whatever sin we might want to insert there, whatever we used to be, we're no longer that because we're now committed to the cause of Christ and to that gospel which saved us. We talk about repentance. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, as it said in Mark chapter 16. Repent. It's a change. It's a decision that we make. We've heard this gospel message preached, and we're now turning away from who we once were. We're walking in that newness of life. We've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, and now we're different. We want to take that message that we've heard. We want to share it with everyone around us. We want to, we want to be someone different than who we used to be. We don't go down into the watery grave of baptism and come out the same person that we used to be. We're someone new. And as someone once said, if we do that, we go down into the water a, a dry center and we come up a wet center. If we don't have that change, repentance must be there. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away or destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves or servants of sin. We're no longer a servant of sin. Paul, in his letter to, to the Romans, addressed this whole idea of, of being crucified with Christ, being put to death that old man and being raised to walk in that newness of life, no longer a slave or a, a servant to sin. Sin is no longer our master. And that's not so much when we were baptized, but when we changed, we were obedient to it. We made that conscious decision to give our lives to Christ, to walk in that newness of life, to repent, to turn away from that change has to happen not just on the outside but on the inside. A change in our heart, the change in how we think, the change in how we speak, the change in how we treat others, the change in how we treat God's Word and what we do with that. There must be a change that happens. Romans 6 and 16, he says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one slaves to whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. So the question will be is, who are we making ourselves slaves to today? Do we make ourselves slaves to sin still? Are we actively following a path of sin or are we seeking to walk in that newness of life? Are we seeking a righteous lifestyle? 
The idea of change is dominant in the Christian mindset. It's something that we have to have. That's not to say that we're not going to mess up from time to time. We will. I promise I do. But we're not actively seeking and trying uh, constantly to engage in a lifestyle full of sin. It's what we choose every day. We choose it every day. When we wake up in the morning, we choose who we're going to serve. It's an active daily mindset that we put ourselves in. Will we serve Christ today or will we serve the world? And that leads us to really the opening is Paul says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, you used to be these things. You used to be a thief, and now you're not. You used to be a drunkard, and now you're not. You're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified. Through Christ, that's how we're washed. It was his blood that was shed upon the cross for our sins. It was Jesus who stayed upon the cross for us. We're sanctified. We're justified or made holy in Christ. Those three actions, those past tense verbs, we used to be that, but now we're not. These should be the same characteristics that define all of us here today. What did you used to be before you gave your life to Christ? Who were you before you gave your life to Christ? Are you still that same person or are you changed? Paul said, know you not that... The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. One year I had a debate with this uh, preacher over in Childress. And it was along this subject here. And he said to me, name one sin that will keep you from going to heaven. Name one sin. And I said, any sin. And he said, you can't name a sin, can you? And I said, well, I don't have to name any sin because the Bible's named several of them. If you count it, and this is one of the scriptures that I read to him. I said, there's 11 sins right there that he said won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's 10 plus 1. Don't be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that leads me to this. I have a real problem with the way a lot of preachers in mainstream Christianity teach about sin today. Because they teach that you can continue to live in a sinful lifestyle and not walk in that newness of life. You can continue to go out and be whatever you were before you became a Christian and you're still going to go to heaven. I I sat here a couple of years ago, not in this church, in a different church here in town, and I listened to a preacher preach and he just so happened to be talking about continuing in sin and by saying continuing in sin standing up there in the pulpit and preaching out to his sheeple that they could continue living however they wanted to it's not convenient he would say 
But if you're a drunkard, you can still go out and drink. If you're a thief, you can still go out and be a thief. And you can name whatever other sin you want to because, believe me, he did. You can still go out and live in those sinful ways. It's not convenient to you, but you're still going to go to heaven. And as he's preaching this, my mouth is on the floor. I'm like, what are you telling your people? And I'm just looking around. They're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no. No, this ain't so. Paul said it wasn't so. He said the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's the very opposite of what that man was preaching. How can we be sanctified if we're still living in sin? How can we be justified if we're still living in sin? How is our sins washed away if we still live in sin? As Riley read this morning, Therefore put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, unclean uncleanliness, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, because of those things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Paul said you used to walk in these things. Not you're currently, you're active, still living in those things. This is something that you used to do, but you no longer do it. But now you yourselves are to put off, not continue. Put off anger, wrath, malice, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We've put to death those things. We're not to continue to live in those things, to walk in them. And that's exactly what Paul was talking about when he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Or certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? We can't. How can we who are sanctified, who are justified, who have been made holy by the blood of the Lamb, continue to walk in a sinful lifestyle? It's not possible. It's an absurd idea. There should be a desire that we have once we've made that decision to follow after Christ, to be baptized into Christ, to be raised to walk in newness of life. We should have a desire to allow those things that once defined us to be dead to us, that we're no longer actively following after that, that we're now seeking to live as Christ would have us to live according to his gospel, according to his word, according to the principles that we found laid out throughout the New Testament, because he's the Lord of our life. He's the author and authority of our life. So what happens when we've been washed, yet we continue to live in sin, or we turn back to sin? In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, he says, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them, but it happened unto them according to the true proverb. 
the dog has turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to the wallowing in her mire. Paul said in Corinthians 6, 11, such were some of you, but you were washed. What happens when we turn from God and go back to the lifestyle of sin? He said, but you are sanctified. Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 28, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. What happens when we've been sanctified and we have been sanctified by that blood only to despise and reject that blood to continue back into sin? He says, but you are justified. Romans 2 and verse 12, he says, For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law, and as, and as as many as has sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Those who actively seek to do the will of God or the will of His law, what He has laid out in His scriptures for us to do, those are the people who are justified who have been washed, who have been sanctified, who have been justified by Christ, following his commandments, doing what he's told us to do. Jesus would tell his disciples in John 6 and 46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say to do? How can we call Jesus our Lord today? How can we say that we're sanctified, that we're justified, that we're washed by Christ if we continue to do the things that he's told us not to do? That past tense is something that really played with me here as I studied for this sermon and as I, as I tried to put it together. That past tense, who we were, You see, a lot of times in Christianity, you'll get someone who says, well, I'll give my life to Christ, but I can't do it because of of my old lifestyle. You know, no one would ever accept me in, in the church. I'll just, I'll come to church, I'll sit on the back pew. Or they'll say things to the effect of, if only you knew what I did, I can't be forgiven. I can't give my life to Christ because of whatever it was. I've come across that before. And sometimes, a lot of ways, I've felt this before. Who I used to be would keep me from serving Christ. Have you ever felt that way? Something you've done or or said or did in your life at any time whether before you became a Christian or after you became a Christian, and you say, I can't serve Christ because of whatever. Such were some of you, Paul said. They once were that. But in Christ, they were sanctified. They were justified. They were washed. 
that newness of life, that burden of sin that once defined who you are is no longer on you. You're not defined by that anymore. Christ has taken that away from you. Titus chapter 3. He says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We once were those things, but we've been washed. Have you been washed today? We once were those things, but we've been washed, but we've been justified through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He gave us His grace that we should become heirs according to the promise, that hope of eternal life. We've been justified. We've been made holy. Those things that once defined us, they're not on us anymore. How are we washed? Revelation 1.5, he says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. It was Jesus Christ's blood that washed us that made us whole. How are we justified? Romans 5, 9, he says much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. How are we sanctified? He says to open their eyes in order to turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, that obedient faith in Christ, as Jesus wrote to Paul. His words, by those faith in me, you're sanctified. If you hear the word of God preached and you are obedient to that, then it's in Christ and through Christ that we're sanctified, that we're washed, that we're justified. It's in Christ alone as we sing that song so often. In Christ alone, our hope is found. That starts when we hear the gospel message preached, when we believe those words that are being spoken, that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that we through him can have hope of a eternal life when this life is over that we can be redeemed that those sins no longer define us that we repent and turn from those things that were buried with him in baptism that were raised to walk in newness of life and that we continue in his word today you can be washed you can be sanctified you can be justified and if you haven't already done that then the time to do it is now 
maybe you're here today and you have fallen back into those ways of sin that once defined you. You don't have to live that lifestyle any longer. Give those burdens to Christ. Come to him today while you have the opportunity. The invitation is yours this morning. To anyone who may have need for the prayers of the church to help get your life back on track, or maybe you've never started that walk and you want to do so, the time to come is now. Won't you come while we sing the song that's been selected?